Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing this evening? I am doing great, James. How are you? Uh, not doing too bad, uh, just kind of taking in all these uh, Hosmer rumors which have surfaced in the last, uh, what, I guess 24 hours or so, thanks to Ken Rosenthal, and now uh, Dennis Lynn has also validated the fact that the Padres are indeed kicking the tires on Eric Hosmer. Yeah, um, big, huge, newsworthy story for us Padre fans, right, right Patrick? Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to talk about. You can only talk about the guys they released or the guys that have elected for free agency so much. So it's nice, I guess, to have some sort of rumor, even if it's a rumor we don't necessarily love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's not that I don't love it because, you know, I I don't have a problem with Eric Hosmer. He's a scrappy ball player. He's a decent ball player. Um, I, I know you have some... I don't know, some trepidation about him in, in a Padre uniform and, and what he would be able to produce. But the bottom line is it's it's fun to hear things like this. And I, I wrote a piece today that ran uh, entailing that, that this is kind of, this is just a thing to sell tickets. This is just a thing to, to let the fans know that, hey, yeah, we're still out here. We're still trying to compete. We're still, you know, kicking the tires on, on big name free agents but but in all reality, they're not going to sign Eric Cosmer. I mean, they're not going to give him the richest contract in in Padre history to play first base and then move Will Myers around. I mean, it's just there's just way too much, way too many negatives to this. Um, but I, you know, I guess it's fun to talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it's nice to have something to talk about, even if it's something I don't really want to be talking about. I guess, but yeah, Eric Cosmer, he's he's a kind of a weird player. Um, I mentioned he was overrated in our chat, and some people kind of jumped on me. But if you look at his stats, I, he's either been really good, he's either been like really bad, or, or uh, yeah, I guess slightly above average. So yeah, he's got that odd, that odd, uh, even odd year thing going on where he's been, I think, great in in odd years and and horrible in even years. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's great that he had a, a great year this year when it was his contract year, obviously. But yeah, I just don't see you paying much money for a twenty eight year old who's I mean, that's about the time when start guys start to decline. I mean, most guys can hold on through, like, early 30s, maybe 30, 31. But by the time his team competes, he's probably going to be, like, closer to 30, 31. And I don't think he'll be the same player. Um, not that I really think he's the player he was this year. I think he kind of had an, a bit of an inflated season. Um, you, I don't think you want to pay for what was his best season. I think you want to pay for... Um, 
what you think he's going to be long term. And I mean, his BABIP was kind of a lot higher this year than it has been in years past. So that's another thing that kind of concerns me as he starts to slow down. I mean, he had a lot of infield hits, which is some kind of weird. I think I, I read that he had like 14 or 15 infield hits, and you take those out, and that kind of will will uh, skew things a little bit. So. I just don't see him as the kind of guy you sign now. Um, I don't think he really fits what they're trying to do. The contracts, I think he's going to make over $100 million, and that's going to be just an albatross for a team like the Padres. If you're going to sign a guy with a $100 million contract, it's got to be a guy, not a first baseman who's aging, a first baseman that arguably can't play first base very well. I mean, we already kind of have Mm -hmm. that, a first baseman that can't play very well. So I don't think we necessarily need another one. And, and well, let's let's talk about the the what, what's this going to do to Will Myers or you know let's hypothetically speak about if if they sign Hosmer what you know what kind of what is this going to do for Myers well what's the future for him I mean yeah an argument can be made that they moved him to first because it was a position he wanted to move to I mean there's reports of that he was more comfortable at first base than in the outfield so mm-hmm. it, it kind of seems like you'd be giving up on the guy and throwing him in the outfield and I don't think that would help his confidence I mean it's pretty clear his confidence is already shot. Yeah. At least it looked like it that last year. So I, I don't think that would be a smart move to really make the situation that much worse. So no, yeah, yeah. I don't really and see logic in that at all. You're talking about a, a 2018 roster that's already going to have a crowded outfield, a crowded left field, presumably. If you're counting Margot in center and Renfro in right, there's already going to be competition for left field. So you know, it, it, there's just so many ways that this just doesn't make sense. And I've, I've heard some people talk about. Okay, bring in Hosmer and trade Myers. Well, what kind of you know statement does that make to future free agents, to future uh, minor leaguers within the system? What kind of statement does that make that you know you sign this guy one year into making the richest year, you know the richest contract in the history of San Diego Padres, and then you deal him the next uh, a season later because he's having a down year? So, the, there's Eric Hosmer is not coming to the San Diego Padres. You know, I, I can guarantee that. Um, I find it funny that the Padres are sending out these rumors and these feelers to the media and, and kind of linking these things kind of just, you know, if I you mean, want to do that, go I'm, ahead. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's Ron Fowler no. we're talking about. So it's, it's yeah. kind of his M.O. You look at, like, but, signing James Shields, that kind of, like, sort of, I guess, made sense in the terms of, oh, we're going to compete. But it really wasn't a good contract at the time. And obviously, in no. hindsight, it looks pretty terrible, although we did get – Fernando Tatis out of the deal, so I guess you can't complain. But it just it just screams that. And, and Eric Hosmer is not the player you want to give. I mean, if they're going to go sign a big contract, I, I'd almost rather them go sign you, Darvish. I mean, I know pitchers can be exactly risky, but... or, or throw money at Mustakis. Or I mean, if you want to start rumors, it'll start rumors yeah, that at least have some merit. Yeah, I don't you know, like Mustakis, but at least that I don't either. But need. I can. I can at least yeah. understand that. Understand the need for left-handed power, and we, you know, there's a, a little bit of a hole at third, long term. So, I, you know, I can understand that. That makes a little bit of sense. Eric Hosmer makes no sense at all. I mean, I mean, other than being a left-handed bat, which is, you know, questionable, in, in, in and we'll get into that later. But, you know, it, it just it seems funny to me. It, it's kind of insulting to fans, if you will. I, you know, the diehard fans know that there's no. There's no way in hell that the Eric Cosmer is coming to the San Diego Padres. So why even say that you're entertaining or, or kicking the tires? Why even put that out to the media? I mean, even if you are, why why link that out? Why you know why let that slip out? It just it's just you know I, I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Like I said, I think it's, it's purposeful. It fits the mo. Um, yeah, pretend, it does. Pretend and, like we're trying to compete. It does. I mean, they they say they want to win 81 games, so. 
that would definitely yeah. help that situation. But I think realistically, if I'm picking a guy from this, I'd rather have Carlos Santana. Honestly, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a okay, little old, he's a little older, but and the, won't team, cost the team was competing this year. I think I'd rather have him. Although they're not yeah. competing this year, so that would that would probably make even less sense in terms of him being a 32 year old. But I think I'd rather have him because he's got a more consistent track record, and I think he has a safer floor. Because I think Hosmer, with with the way he's going, I think. I think his season was a bit of a mirage, and I think he very well could fall back into like a two-win player. And for over a hundred million dollars, I mean, he'd be making more than Will Myers. And I think, yeah, Will Myers at least there's upside still. I mean, he's like 26, so there's still you can still kind of squint and see him getting better. But I think, I think we just saw the best of Eric Cosmer, unless he magically learns how to hit more fly balls, which he hasn't shown that in what six, seven years in a row. So I, I don't see him suddenly hitting the ball in the air more. And if he doesn't do that, he's just going to be the same player, and that's just going to decline as he as yeah. he ages. It, there's just it, this just doesn't make make sense in so many levels. I mean, I mean, let's let's move <laughs> forward a little bit. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Uh, I guess the rumors are that Alcides Escobar has now been linked to the Padres. I guess I'm not sure who exactly was the initial one to report that, but I oh, I, I didn't even see a linkage to to the Padres. Okay, that's I had a notification. My, that, I had a notification on my phone from. Some sports app I have, I don't even know. So, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, we already, I mean, we already knew that they were going to be kicking the tires on just about every shortstop. Exactly, um, exactly. I mean, Alcides Escobar is pretty awful. He's arguably the, was arguably the worst player in baseball last year in terms of just everyday players. He was terrible. But, but at this, the, you know, at this speaking point, fitting of fitting of mo's right there. I mean, that's just in right in par with you know the Clint Barmas, the Alexi Ramirez is the you know the the. Uh, Ibar last year. I mean, why not bring in Escobar? Just completely uh, yeah, beat I think down was, all the Padre fans. I think it was uh, John Heyman, if I'm not mistaken, for FanRag that mentioned okay. that. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's who mentioned that initially. But yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's a guy who obviously we've been like thinking about that for a while. It's a guy that's kind of been, I guess, the obvious choice, if you want to say that. Um, I wanted your thoughts, though, on Zach Cozart. He's kind of a a little older player, thirty-two. Uh, I wonder your thoughts on him and what kind of contract you see him getting. If if there's any way that Potters would make sense uh, for Cozart. Yeah, he he makes sense to the Padres, but I don't think the team is willing to go more than two years on him. And I think that on, in the open market, with the numbers that he put up this year, and, and being that he's uh, see thirty-two, yeah, he's going to want a three-four year contract to just end his career. So. You know, I'd, I'd say the Padres do have some interest in him. Maybe a, a two-year deal with a third-year option. But, you know, Urias and Tatis are close. You know, they, you don't want to invest long-term into someone, especially when they had a, a, a huge contract year. I mean, I'm, I'm always wary of that. So I think the Kozak rumors will start to surface, but it, it's just difficult to... to you know, he's never really hit over 250 in his career uh, up until this season. I, I just don't want to get – and, God, he plays in that band box in, in in Cincinnati. So it's just – I could see the Padres, the, the old Padre regime, regime throwing a, a three-year, $30 million contract at this guy and then having to DFM, DFA him in August because he's just absolutely horrible. So hopefully they've learned not to over-evaluate talent and kind of look beyond numbers and stuff. I, I mean, I, I like Zach Cosart, but I, I just, I'm just very weary of, of, of throwing a lot of money at him. Yeah. I think he probably could get like 
my guess is a three or four year deal between probably forty and fifty or sixty million. I, I just don't yeah. see <sighs> there's not many teams that really need a shortstop. I mean shortstop I mean what, like five years ago it was like no team had a good shortstop, but now it seems like every team has a good young shortstop. So uh-huh. I just don't uh-huh. see many contenders that really need a shortstop. I mean you look at obviously the Astros don't need a shortstop, the Yankees don't need a shortstop, the Cubs don't need a shortstop. Uh, the Dodgers, the Rockies, the, I mean, you can go on and on. There's yeah, not really many yeah. teams that are at uh, the Indians. There's not many teams that really have that need at this point. So realistically, I think he is a guy who could maybe fall short and end up signing a one year deal or a two year deal. That's, and I guess maybe that's worth it. If the Padres can get him at a cheap price and if he needs to move to third base, cool. I guess he could probably play third base. I just don't really buy his, I don't even want to call it a breakout. I mean, he had a decent year, but I don't really buy his performance last year. I don't think he can sustain. I mean, he had a bit of a power spike, which didn't everyone in the league. So it's kind of hard yeah. for me to really buy too far into that. Um, but I definitely like him more than Escobar, but I think Escobar's more of a sign him. And if you have to cut him in July because Tatis is ready or someone else is or whatever, that's not really – I mean, you're going to sign him for the minimum. It's kind of like Alexi Ramirez 2.0. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, either way, they're not going to be a, a positive offensively for the for the team. And you know, Kosar's pretty pretty solid defensively. Escobar's iffy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I don't know. We'll have to see. I just want this team to trust the process and just keep on going with the youth. The time to fill in the team with veteran free agents and, and complimentary time pieces isn't now it's arguably going to start next off season so at this point you don't want to invest too much into someone long term so if if that co-starts value falters and slips and in february and early march he's still looking for a job and hasn't found a job then yeah the Padres could very well offer him a one-year deal at at six million dollars or whatever i think he made a little over five last year and that could be a beneficial thing because the Padres could end up flipping him in July if he has a decent season. So it's all about the future for this team, and they're definitely not going to invest long-term into someone at this point. At least they shouldn't. Is there any other guys that are available that you kind of have your eye on? Maybe the team could kick the tires on? Uh, you know, I think they'll kick the tires on J.J. Hardy, but I don't think that's an, uh, an option at this point. I think defensively he's probably pretty bad at short at this yeah. point in his career. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, we'll have to see. I, I think that they're probably going to want to, if all those options, I think Eric Ibar is probably the, the, just the best option. They've already had him in house. He's already worked well with the young players. He's already developed chemistry and, you know, he wasn't horrible. I mean, he was horrible, but he wasn't that horrible. If, if, if that makes oh, you, sense. You really sold it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at this point, He's going to be cheap, and he's going to be someone that you can throw out there every day, and it's not going to absolutely just devastate you and kill you, although he's not necessarily a positive in that regard either. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple guys I like that probably would be too expensive. I really like Alex Cobb. Um, I've liked Alex oh, Cobb for oh, a okay. while. Yeah, uh, if we're talking about overall free agents, then yeah, Cobb would be... Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of an injury risk, but I mean, he'll probably get too much money. I think he'll probably get in the 60 or 70 million range over a few years. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe like four years. He's obviously a risk given his injury history. Um, he's a guy I like a lot, though. I've obviously mentioned Tyler Chatwood. I think he's kind of a guy that could have a breakout. Um, Michael yes. Michael Pineda is a guy who kind of interests me. Um, 
he's been very up and down with the Yankees, but and he's obviously injured now. But I think he's a guy who maybe could sign a a kind of incentive sort of deal. Like I think he's going to miss most of next year, if I'm not mistaken, at least half of next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So he, I think he's an interesting case of a guy who you could kind of give like a incentive contract to, like oh, a two year contract with some bonuses per playing time or performance, or maybe a, a year contract with an option for a second year, something like that. I think I think he's a good candidate to have. Kind of a bounce back, and maybe he's a trade candidate. Um, yeah. Looking down the list, I don't really see any of the guys that jump out. It's a lot of relief. Pitchers, I have a, which... I have a sleeper candidate for the Padres for for starting pitcher, and, and that would be CC Sabathia if he hasn't announced his ah, retirement. CC Sabathia. Uh, I think the Padres would be looking for an ace type, someone to kind of mentor the young pitchers. Uh, they could obviously probably get him on a one year deal and and flip him in, in July if he's successful and, and having a decent year he looked pretty decent in the, in the playoffs this past season so I, I i don't know if he's announced if he's coming back or whether or not he wants to come back but i think that's just a dark horse candidate for the padres to kick the tires on if, if we're talking about a, a one-year i mean they for god's sakes they gave money to jared weaver why I not mean, throw money at, at cc sabathia yeah i'd be interested in like jeremy hellickson doug fister yeah hellickson uh um, wade miley wade miley's another one that, I, that uh, i'd have some slight interest I mean, they, in they all kind of they're all kind of crap at least recently but you never know what's going to happen you could flip those guys they could have a good year and and then obviously you could bring back Justine. that's a guy i yep. think they should bring back yeah um, yep. jaime garcia's out there jason vargas kind of coming off of a bit of a i don't even want to call it a breakout a lot of relief pitchers on the market, though. Potters might want to sign one or two of them, but a lot yeah. of those guys are a little higher profile, so I'm not sure they'd get a great deal. I mean, they have money to spend, though, so if they're willing to spend money on some of these guys, take a bit of a risk and maybe maybe flip them. I think, exactly. I think it makes sense. There's plenty of guys like that available. There's not really as many like high-end free agents this year, but there's a lot of those kind of potential buy-low guys or guys you could flip or guys that maybe, I don't know, could be part of the next winning team. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, you never know what's uh, what's up AJ's brother's sleeve at this point. Uh, winter meetings are starting uh, very soon, so the Padres are definitely going to be active in the trade front. So I would definitely imagine the team to be way more active in the trade front. And you know, I've mentioned that I think they're capable of a blockbuster trade, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count on a free big free agent signing. Yeah, I mean, uh, GM meetings started today, and then I winter meetings are obviously coming up in a few weeks, so. This is the time of year where uh, stuff starts happening. Uh, one exactly. thing, I, one thing I did want to kind of maybe ask you about a little bit. Um, obviously, Gian Giancarlo Stanton's being shopped around. We've heard the Cardinals interested, the Phillies, a few other teams. What are your thoughts on him and kind of where you see him going, or if you see the Padres even being interested in that? I think that's something we've talked about before. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see the Padres. Of any interest at, at this point at all. I mean, I think they're built for the long run. Um, he's made it quite clear that he wants to come to a contending team, and I believe he has a full no trade clause. As, yeah, he does. Uh, so, you know, where he's going to go, I heard Boston today was, was a, a team yeah, that was actively. That's one mentioned, yeah. You know, it's really tough to say. I, I think that any team can, can, can have him at this point. And it's starting to get to the point where minor leaguers are starting to play. I think at, everyone assumed that he, he would just be dealt to whoever wanted him and would be able to take uh, the major, majority of the contract. But I think that uh, the return that the Marlins are getting is going to be a factor as well. Uh, I think that uh, you're going to have to give up a couple of quality uh, prospects in order to land him as well as take on the majority of his contract. Yeah, I think they're going to pay. I think they're going to try to pay down a, a, quite a bit of it to see, like you said, if they can get a higher return because. 
at this point, I think they, they're worried more about not only getting the contract off the books, but getting something in return to kind of kickstart, I guess if you want to call it their, their rebuild. They're kind of rebuilding in a way at this point, too. So I think yeah. it would make sense for them to pay well, down yeah. as much as you can. If, you know, Jim Carl Stanton's dealt, the Marlins need a, a right fielder, a strong-armed right fielder. Ah. I, I see a Renfro Yellick trade. I'm, I'm just saying right now. <laughs> yeah right. I'm just I'm just calling it right now. Yeah, I think I think Yelich, Yelich or uh, Azuna would probably be the guy the guys I'd be more prefer preferred them going after. But both those guys are going to have a pretty hefty cost, and I'm not really sure I'm ready for the Padres to start kind of paying that cost just yet. Yeah, no, it's it's a process, and it's it's just exciting to know that we are close. We're a couple seasons away from them really diving into the free agent market and really being active and trading the excess of, of, of prospects that they have for, you know, somebody who's going to hopefully take them over the top. So it, it's exciting. Um, we're early in the, in that process, but there's definitely some positives to this team for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. So should we uh, talk about Mexico? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Padres announced today, uh, May 4th, 5th and 6th of next season, uh, they will be playing a game in Mexico. Uh, against the Dodgers, nonetheless, which is going to be exciting, I guess, for for fans. And uh, I heard that that is going to count as a home game for the for the Padres, which is kind of I, I don't know. Yeah, fans are getting a, I guess a refund for those three games season two. I heard a couple fans uh, upset about it, but I think all in all, the fact that the team's going to be on a, on a national. Uh, spotlight like that and, and playing in a, an important game like that I think uh, outweighs the loss of three uh, home games for the team. Uh, can we ha- can we have a conversation? You think uh, they should call up Luis Urias for that series? That would be awesome. Just for that series? That, that'd be, I think that'd be fun. That would I mean, be it's, awesome. It's in May, so realistically sure. he wouldn't be necessarily ready by then because, I mean, he's still got a, he still maybe has to hit AAA. He hasn't quite hit AAA yet. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing I think I think this was was this was this Jagoff that mentioned this I think it was Jagoff that mentioned this that Luis Arias actually has a brother named Ramon Arias who plays in Mexico. Yeah, for the Reds, I believe the Mexico City Reds, right? Yeah, I mean, can they just sign him and have him be the shortstop this year and he can play uh, in Mexico? <laughs> I'm fine with that, there, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's actually probably pretty, a little bit good. of a difference I mean, between the Mexican league and, and yeah, the... <laughs> but why not give him a chance? Yeah, well, can you imagine sure. having a, an up the middle duo of Arias and Arias? That'd be pretty sweet. There we go. We had the the Boons or the the, uh, the Gileses at one point, the Harrisons, and the Gwins. Why not the 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 Gwins? There you go. I mean, this dude We're, hit like this dude hit like three forty last year with a four thirty on base. I mean, he's pretty solid. I mean, yeah, he's playing in the Mexican league, but you know, I don't know. He's he's only twenty three. Yeah. yeah, he's not. It's not as though he's he's literally born like a year after me, man. He's young. There you go. You, you're calling us to represent him and to get him into the major leagues. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to I think it, I think it, I think it was Jagoff that, that mentioned that I think that's pretty pretty funny idea. Yeah, anyway, yeah. It, so do you think we should do an EVT road trip to Mexico or what? Oh yeah, for sure. We're we're down. We'll fire up the uh, Padre bus and, and head on down. You want to know a secret about my life? Then you been, podcast from Mexico. Never been to Mexico. Never. Nope. Wow. Well, I have never been to Mexico. And and you're a San Diego native. I should probably get on that, huh? I'm going to get a hard time for that. 
yeah, you're, you're definitely gonna, probably going to yeah, be Yeah, it was Jagoff. Jagoff tweeted, this Monterey series would be a great reason to sign shortstop and Luis brother Ramon Urias in his 164 WRC Plus for Mexico City. Yeah, no, he's he's putting up numbers. It's Count me in. It's in Mexico City, but he's putting up numbers. and I'm, I'm just amazed that he's never even been sniffed by any major leaguers, major league franchises to, you know, be given a shot somewhere at, at his age. And he's been putting up respectable numbers in the, in the Mexican league for the last, uh, what is it? Three, four years. I mean, yeah, the Mexican Mexican league obviously isn't great, but I mean, it isn't, it isn't a joke either. So no, why I mean, not? Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he, here we are Padre fans talking about, uh, uh, minor leaguers brothers and, and bringing them up to, <laughs> Ah, uh, it's it's a it's a slow Padre off season. All right, come on, AJ, get us get us some get us some moves, get us some get us something to talk about. Um, let, let's discuss some lineup construction, <clears throat> um, for the team, and in particular, um, we keep hearing it. I, I've said it a couple times. I've written about it a couple times. The Padres, uh, I would like for the Padres to have a left-handed bat in the middle of their lineup. Um, just they're, they're just Margot Myers, Renfro, Hedges. They're just just a, a excess of right-handed batters. Um, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I tweeted this. I think it was, was it this morning. It was kind of in a joking way, like, "Oh, the Padres need a left-handed bat," and I was like, "Well, I mean, the Houston Astros just won the World Series with arguably no oh, yes. real lefties in the lineup. I mean, they had Marwin Gonzalez switch hitter, and then Josh Reddick, who was completely missing for like the last two series, he didn't do anything. I mean, look at their lineup. It was yeah. like Bregman, Altuve, Correa, um, yeah. just." Righty on top of righty. I mean, Brian McCann arguably is like the the lone lefty that really accomplished anything. I mean, you had just mm-hmm, so many mm-hmm. right-handers um, that I don't think you necessarily need even a right hand, a left-hander in the middle of the order. I mean, I know that's kind of a a bit of a baseball cliche. You need like a lefty in the middle of the order. Like you look at the Dodgers have like balance and, and yeah. Seager, but I just don't think there's necessarily a need. I mean, if you have a deep lineup that's all right-handed hitters, I mean, the Astros were the best offense in baseball, and they didn't really have yeah. any platoon problems in terms of, like, guys that couldn't hit right-handers. And I think that's that's a smaller issue, the guys that can't hit. I think it's a bigger issue that lefties can't hit left-handers than it is, obviously, right-handers right, hitting yeah. right-handers. So I'm not really ready to – especially at this point, the Potters is 2017. I don't think you really say, oh, they need a left-handed bat. I mean, yeah, long-term, I think there's definitely – Maybe a some of an issue there because you don't really see anyone coming up that's left-hander. I mean, if you look and squint, what this lineup could be, it'd be Manny Margot, Luis Arias, Fernando Tatis, Hunter Renfro, Will Myers. That's all right-handed. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger concern is you just need good hitters, um, and right now they don't have good hitters. Yes. Uh, 2015, it, 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 2015, they didn't have good hitters when they all went all in. They were all right-handed, and they just they weren't good. I mean, it was independ- no. independent of them not being left-handed. It's just it was just poor performance, and I mean. I just don't really see a need for. I think balance is kind of overrated. Like, sure, it's a nice thing to have, but I don't think it's really a need. Um, well, I, here, here's I'll I'll play devil's advocate and, and disagree with you uh, because you mentioned the Astros and and they're all right-handed lineup, but they also led the major leagues in fewest strikeouts. They put the ball in play. Yeah, I think that's this, the bigger issue this here. Pa- is this Padre this team, Padre needs team to get will that together. not put the ball in play in the future. Myers is a hundred strikeout guy. Renfro's a hundred strikeout guy. Hedges is a hundred strikeout guy. Tatis will probably be a hundred strikeout guy. So you're gonna in you just need some left-handed hitters in there because they're gonna get picked apart by lollipop, hard 
just good off-speed pitchers that come from right-handed pitchers, and they have traditionally. I mean, last couple years ago, Mike Bolsinger from the Dodgers just tore them apart in three or four starts, and, and he just sitting up there flipping up curveballs against their all right-handed lineup, and they just looked silly up there. It, 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 it just, it, I, I, but in fairness, I think that's just more shitty hitting than him being yeah, a right-hander. Exactly. Because you, well, you shouldn't and, be you shouldn't and, be dominated by Mike Bolsinger. Like, let's be honest. But you can't you can't you can't turn Will Myers into a contact hitter. You're not going to be able to take Mike uh, Renfro into an on base guy. So you know they are who they are. So being who they are, you definitely need to stack your lineup with players that can take advantage and 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 make them better players. Altuve never strikes out. Springer generally puts the ball in play. Uh, um, Bregman is is a is a great contact hitter. So you know they are right-handed hitting, but they they put the ball in play constantly. So yeah, I'm hoping Margot and Arias can be those guys at the top of the order. And yeah, those you, you two can, you are, can afford the strikeouts further down. Exactly, have those guys exactly. at the top. You know, we can. There's no correct way to construct a lineup, and, and it can be done so many different ways. And, and you're correct in the fact that an all right-handed hitting lineup can can be just as successful as it is a time as a lineup that's staggered. So it. it all in all, it depends on the quality of at-bats and, and putting a quality at-bat every single time out there and not giving away at-bats. And I mean, that's what we need to see from this team. Don't forget about uh, Josh Naylor, the, the 2019 starting Padres first baseman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's He's a big old lefty. The, that's the lone left-hander. Austin Allen. Yeah, well, Allen's got it. I don't You're... know where the hell he would play, though, because he ain't going to be a catcher. Yeah, we need a DH by then. Then we'll be solid. Naylor can DH. Yeah. Allen can play first. Myers can. I don't know. Myers can go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's yeah, a work in progress. Have about forty five left handed pitchers, but you think some of those guys can bat? I mean, you got Gore, Morahone, Lauer, Allen, <laughs> Lucchese. Yeah, yeah. But no left handed batters. Nope, nope. We'll oh, see. Well. It's uh. Time there, there's time to, to rectify that for sure. It, it's far um, away. Let's let's move into a question that you posed to me about trading the San Diego Padres farm system with any other team and what team that would be. I think yeah, um, I think my thought more here was is there a team that you would take over the Padres right now in terms of farm system depth? I mean, would there be a team you would trade with? Uh as far as depth, no. Uh and as far as overall I, at this point, no. I, I, I mean, I hate to be a homer, but I've really gotten to know a lot of these players, and I, I recognize the depth. And, and, and talking to people like Jim Callis and, and Jonathan Mayo, they recognize the depth on this team. I mean, obviously all these 17-, 18-year-old kids aren't going to make it, but the fact that there's just so many of them is, is amazing. I mean, Andres Munoz saw 102 miles per hour isn't even a top-30 prospect for the Padres at this point. So, you know... I, I love this farm system, and, and in time they will be the number one farm system. The problem is that the the majority of their their talent is in the in the single A level. Yeah, I mean it, it's so far away. I think that that's really the one knock against them is that they they lack kind of the top end depth. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. shouldn't even say depth. The, the, the top end talent of other teams. They have obviously they can go depth for depth with just about any team, but they they lack the impact talent. I mean, I think their highest rated prospect is Mackenzie Gore. I think he's like twenty. 20 or 30 something mm-hmm, uh, MLB mm-hmm. top MLB pipeline top 100 um, but yeah so you look at yeah I think Gore is 24 actually yeah so you look at teams like I think the real the really only teams I'd make an argument for are probably uh, the Yankees and the Braves I mean the Braves have Ronald Acuna who looks like he's going to be a yeah. star 
Yeah, what um, about the White Sox? I think that's a, that's. Oh yeah, White Sox the, as well. It, that's another team. Okay. They have yeah, a lot. I mean, they have if, a lot of like ready now talent. I mean, you look at their team. Their yeah. team is probably gonna have a quick turnaround because like Elo Jimenez is probably ready in a few years. Yeah, uh, you have a, that group of pitchers: Kopech, Giolito, Lopez yep. are all probably ready soon. Yep. Mancada's Robert. obviously there already. Yeah, um, the, Robert. The, is probably if gonna if, be a if few there's years. any team that I would trade farm systems with, it would be the White Sox. I, I love Glaber Torres with the Yankees. I love Acuna with the the Braves, and, and both those farm systems are, are excellent. But the White Sox do have uh, some pretty decent depth. I mean, they just traded for Blake Rutherford, one of the Yankees' uh, top prospects at first base, uh, a kid who's who's got tremendous upside. So they have some depth as well. I don't think they have as much depth as the Padres, but they have they already have the upside players in the in the Double A and Triple A. So they yeah. are ahead of uh, the Padres in, the, in that regard. I think I'd pick the Braves because they just have. I mean, they're they're probably one of the only teams that can match the Padres in terms of just. Having so many pitchers, I mean, you got Mike mm-hmm, Soroka, mm-hmm. Kobe Allard, mm-hmm. uh, Max Fried. Obviously, the list goes on and on. Uh, Ian yeah. Anderson, Kyle Wright, who they just drafted. I mean, they have so many pitchers. And then you guys got you got guys like Ronald Acuna, who could be a superstar. Kevin Maton, who could be a superstar. Um, they got guys obviously at the big league level. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's the team I'd probably be looking at. I've, I didn't even mention Luis Gohara. Uh, they, yeah, I think the Braves have like seven or eight top hundred guys. Joey yeah. Wentz is another guy. Uh, I could just keep going on. Yes, the Braves are probably the one I would um, consider, I guess, trading with. But it's really just: do I prefer Tatis over Acuna, and then do I prefer Padre, the Padres pitchers, and over the Braves? And I think, yeah, I, I'd probably prefer the Padres pitchers because obviously I've grown attached to some of them. But I mean, you look at Gore, Quantrill, Morhone, Baez, Espinosa, Lauer, Allen, Lucchese. There's like eight guys right there who could all be major league starters. And the Braves, they probably have just as many guys, but they have some guys with a lot of question marks. And I think, obviously, the Potters do to an extent as well, but um, I think the Potters have a slight edge there. Um, maybe not the maybe not the top end talent the Braves have, but I think that the depth is definitely there. Yeah, no, it's it's you you could you could make an argument for for any of those teams and even throw in the Yankees at, at this point. But I think uh, the Padres to be mentioned with those that group of the, of teams is uh, things are, are happening aj preller is earning his paycheck uh logan white and, and company are, are doing their job and it's exciting to see this team actually cultivate talent and and for us to actually uh benefit from it, it, it it's fun I'm, I'm i'm excited i can't wait for 2018 to start and, and for Woo! this uh for these young guys to get out there and and, and grow let's just fast forward a few months yeah, really. Jeez, I, mean, I saw a guy putting up his Christmas lights today. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's coming, man. I I I was blown away by that. It, it off season is 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 speeding by. So before you know it, uh, we will be in spring training baseball for sure. It's Christmas time, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, uh, let's get into a little bit of winter league stuff. Um, Padres uh, have a lot of uh, players uh, around twenty four to twenty eight players. Uh, up to 30 to 35 if you count the Australian Baseball League, which is opening up this week. Uh, there's a lot of talent out there playing for the team, so there's a lot of, uh, of stuff going on. Uh, Andres Munoz had a, had an excellent uh, showing uh, on national television this weekend uh, for the Arizona Javelinas uh, during a, a military appreciation game on MLB Network. He was able to, uh, I believe he struck out two in his, uh, in his shutout inning of work. Uh, I took a little video of him, and he, man, the kid is just impressive. Youngest uh, player in all of the Arizona Fall League at 18, throwing a 102 mile per hour fastballs up there. 
Uh, yeah, let's he, talk about Munoz. He was definitely impressive. I think this was kind of his coming out party a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of raises up rankings a little bit here because of that. He's, he's definitely a top 30 arm, I think, now. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching him closely. I think he's a guy who, if, if he can get the command under control a little better, I think he's a guy who could be a quick mover. He could be up in the big leagues uh, really within, I think, a year, year and a half. Um, if he if he continues this way, I mean he's only nineteen, or he's only eighteen, but well, with that fastball, you really, you don't really need to do much else. And I think if he keeps throwing no. it hard, that that's a yeah, special the, arm. The slider was was impressive as well. You know, yeah. I never really seen him uh, in, in in you know the national spotlight like that. And I think that speaks volumes in itself. That you know he knew people were watching, and he has that uh, closer type mentality, which is something that's you're you either have or you don't have. And you want to be in there in a pressure pressure situation, and the, the upside on this kid is tremendous. I mean, it, it, the, the 102 mile per hour is is impressive, but the fact that he just throws easy gas. I mean, Aroldis Chapman winds up and he throws arms and legs at you, and it's it's all it's it's max effort. But Munoz is really just free and easy, kind of like a, a Justin Verlander, if you will. But it's just really free and easy, and the gas just gets on you, and it's it's impressive. I mean. Again, someone like you say that, that I, I believe I had him ranked 40th on my on my top top 100 prospects, and you know I wish I would have had him lower, but he was definitely someone that's on my radar, and, and he's probably going to make the top 30 on on that showing alone, just because uh, MLB uh, Network was on the air and uh, Jonathan Mayo was there, and uh, they saw it. Yeah, I think he definitely uh, put himself on the map a little bit, and. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him gain more uh, attention going forward now after that performance. No, for sure. Uh, and, and not to take anything away from Josh Naylor and, and Luis Urias, who both have performed well. Uh, I mean, this Urias did the same in, thing in, in the in the uh, Fall Stars game. He hit that big home run. I think it was like 100-something miles an hour off the bat. He kind of gained some attention. If he's yep, a guy that yep. can uh, unlock a little bit of power, um, I'm not gonna I'm not going to say he's going to be like a 20 or 30 home run guy, but... If he can be no. more of like a 15 home run guy, I think that's kind of the oh, same yeah. as Manny Margot. Those guys can be 15, 20 home run guys. Those are really valuable players. I mean, those are yeah. Heck, if their on base is, is, is if their on base percentage is, is approaching 400, then I don't even care if they hit 10 home runs. It doesn't even matter as long as they're getting on base and, and wrecking havoc. That that's all. That's what they're they're supposed to do, and, and that's what the, eventually, hopefully, both right-handed batters will do because they, they they both have an excellent quick swing um in time Arias and 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 uh margot should be the top of the order for the Padres, so it's exciting yeah i think um, Arias kind of a little bit of a coming out party because a lot of people didn't know his name didn't really know who he was uh, i know kyle kyle glazer at baseball america has kind of been beating the Arias drum for a while i mean every time we talk to kyle he, he raves about Arias and his bat to ball skills his mm-hmm, his eye at the mm-hmm. plate that great walk rate, great on base percentage. And like I said, if he can unlock some power, this is a guy who could be a perennial All Star. Um, he, I think, he can even challenge for batting titles in the future. So, um, yeah, he, has, still, he still has some work that type to done. He's only he's only twenty years old, playing in Double A, but um, he, he's definitely he's definitely on the right track, and he's definitely put on a good show. Yeah, he has that type of ability. That's for sure. Uh, the most uh, interesting thing that came out of the winter leagues uh, this week, the past couple of days, uh, was that Fernando Tatis Jr. was shut down by his Dominican team, uh, well, actually, specifically by the Padres, uh, he will not be participating in any more uh, baseball activities this winter. I think that that is probably wise, uh, being that this is his first full season uh, of professional baseball. He obviously was beginning to wear down, and I think that the team 
wanted him to kind of just have some time to kind of reflect and uh, recharge his batteries for the spring. Yeah, I mean, I think he batted like 600-something times, so I think they were just... Yeah. It was clear he needed a break. He had a big year. It was pr- probably his... I think I think it was definitely his the most he's batted in probably any point in his life, at least in yes. professional ball. So it yes. makes sense to shut him down early. There was there's nothing more they needed to see. He obviously impressed. He's got a big future ahead of him. I mean, I was concerned at first because you read the tweet and it says Padres shut down Tatis, and you're like, why? Yes, but no, no. there was no real reason there. So yeah, yeah. nothing to be concerned about. Just him him getting the uh, longer off season that he definitely deserves. Yeah, for sure. He'll get a, a full two months to, to, to be able to recharge his batteries and, uh, you know, come at it in, in, in late February and, and, and kind of attack uh, attack the team again, attack baseball again, and, and we'll see where he ends up. It'll, it'll be definitely interesting to see uh, Fernando, Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. in the, uh, in the spring. Uh, last thing we want to cover before we get out of here was that Baseball Prospectus uh, just released their top ten list for the San Diego Padres. Um, a couple surprises, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Patrick, do you want to get into the list? Uh, um, I was a little surprised with the Hudson Potts uh, making number 10, but um, give me your thoughts. Yeah, Tatis and Gore were 1 and 2, not surprising. Uh, Quantrill, Morajon, Baez, 3, 4, 5. I think Urias kind of low at 6. I think most places yeah. probably have him a little higher, maybe above that Ooh. other group of pitchers. I have him 3, and arguably you could say 4. But yeah, I think six a little low. Obviously, Anderson Espinosa is still there at seven, despite the injury. Uh, Lauer and Allen eight and nine. Potts at ten. I think Potts was a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I probably no, no I, Joey Lucchese. Yeah, I wouldn't put him above Lucchese or even Josh Naylor at this point. I think Josh, Josh Naylor, Naylor very successful yeah. year. I mean, Potts had a good year, but you, you compare him to the other guys, and Naylor's only twenty, and he's already in Double A, and Potts is still kind of in low A and I think Potts is 19 if I'm not mistaken so yeah yeah and then you look at like no Ona, Ona's another one who could probably be yeah obviously Lauer in, in and Lucchese are um, a little older because they're both college guys um, same with Allen although he, he went to IMG IMG Academy um, mm-hmm. yeah so there's argument to be made about all those guys I think once you get to like once you get past Arias I think it's really you got the group of Lauer Allen Lucchese Potts Ona Naylor, that, that they're kind of interchangeable in my opinion. And yeah, if you throw Espinosa yeah. in there, it just depends on how you feel about injuries. Um, but it's mm-hmm. definitely a solid top ten, really a solid top fifteen, even top twenty. Um, not not really not really a wrong answer for how you want to order. I think Cal Quantrill, to me, he's an interesting case. I mean, we continue to rank him high, and we continue to say he's got top of the rotation potential, but I think he hasn't shown it yet, and it's really starting to be like, is he really a top of the rotation arm, or is he more of a mid rotation arm? I mean, with what he's shown, he hasn't been as good as obviously more hone and Baez recently and even he, he I don't even think he's been as good as Lauer, Allen or Lucchese so even Knicks you can make an argument so I think I need to see more from Cal Quantrill I'm still concerned he's obviously you, you gotta give him benefit of the doubt because he came back from Tommy John um, that took away nearly two years off his college career so he's, he's a guy that I've mentioned in the past you gotta kinda slow arm him a little bit take your time with him don't expect too much right away um mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the last of that group that comes to the big league simply because I think he still has some stuff to work on. I mean, not saying that he's not as good of a pitcher as guys like Knicks or Lauer or Lucchese, but I think Lucchese and, and Lauer could end up in the big leagues faster than him simply because they're more developed pitchers, pitchers because of that extra college time they had that Quantrill obviously did not have. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I think that 
Quantrill's changeup, I think, is the, the determining factor. I think that that is already a plus pitch. I think that's, that's probably the best pitch any of those yeah, guys have. I mean, you could argue that exactly. Was I, I, I think when it's all said and done, that is what will be the difference. That at the very least, Cal Quantrill will be a, a viable setup man in the major leagues, and and that's if 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 everything goes bad, because his changeup is quality, and he has the ability to hit mid nineties with a fastball. Uh, man, that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, that's you know that's that's floor, absolute floor for him. I think his but, floor is still back back rotation start. I don't think he would ever be. I mean, I guess, I guess anything can happen. He I mean, that, could, that, but that's that just saying is just so good. I think the command he, is really the concern. His fastball exactly. is above average. The changeup exactly. is probably going to be well above average. But I think the command is really the issue, and he struggled with the command. Once he hit, once he hit double A, he really had some problems with command. Um, his strikeout rate fell. His walk rate was mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. three. I think that was really the, the big issue for him. And obviously, you know, the home run ball we, as well. It's got to come. It's got to come back back down to Tommy's John surgery and. The fact that he made it through the whole year, he threw how many innings pitched? 120, 130 innings pitched, something like that. Uh, I guess the big thing with him is that he made it through a healthy year. Yes, yes. We need exactly. We need to focus on that rather than the fact that he didn't keep pace with Eric Lauer and uh, Lucchese. Some pitchers that were far more healthier and, and uh, just were more polished, as you as you definitely put. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Quantrill has a pedigree. That that uh, a lot of people weigh in when they create these rankings and such. Uh, it's still early to 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 put anything on him. I think this season will be big for him. Uh, I would expect him to come out and and have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he, you know, in in speaking to him, he has a lot of pride about uh, about his ability and about the fact that he was the Padres' first draft pick. And he wants to prove that he's worth that. So I wouldn't put anything in past Cal Quantrill at this point. Uh, it's exciting to have someone like him in our system to compete and, and to push a lot of these pitchers that uh, that are on the same age as him. Yeah, I think all those guys, they, all those guys want to be the first one. I mean, Lucchese, exactly, uh, Lauer, Nix, Quantrill. You can even throw in Allen. All those guys want to be the first one in the major leagues. I think that there's all healthy competition there and. They all kind yep. of want to one up each other, and I think that's gonna gonna play nicely for them going forward. Yep, yep. Uh, well, good stuff. Uh, I think that the rankings were were pretty accurate. Uh, you definitely you put it that they could kind of uh, go any which way when it comes to from six to like fifteen. So uh, ultimately, the, the Padres have a pretty deep farm system. We can definitely all agree on that. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a clear first tier and a pretty clear second tier. Second second tier is probably a little bigger. And then yeah. once you once you go from there, there's good depth, but obviously there's a, a separation. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I think uh, that is about it for the time being. Uh, we will hopefully return this week with another podcast uh, that's still up in the air. Stay tuned for that. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Patrick? No, just give us a follow. We're on Podbean. Um, you can find us on Twitter, at EVT Podcast, if you want to... Uh, Shout us out uh, at EVT News at EVT underscore J Clark. That's uh, James. I'm Patrick Brewer 93, and you are listening to the East Village Times podcast. Thank you so much, folks. East Village Times podcast is signing out. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. 
Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast.